Welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is the show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. Hello, base campers. I hope you're all doing well. Keeping our humanity. This seems to be a recurring theme with each and every guest I speak with and each and every episode I do. If you're even half awake, you have no doubt noticed some disturbing signs in the city or town that you live in. The homelessness and addiction, the pervasive mental health issues amongst every demographic group, the creeping sense of dread as if we're bracing for something monumental and perhaps epic-defining. And collectively, we seem to have a combination of amnesia, as in we don't really know our own divinity or soul's journey, and mid-level anxiety and fear that have become the water that we've been swimming in. Most of the people I observe look frayed, as in torn and frayed. Those that took the jab are, as my friend Mark Jeftovics has said, quote, feeling like I have a ticking time bomb inside of me, unquote. And then there's the lies and deception that are pushed at us daily. What does it do to the soul to never be told the truth about anything important? How do we not only survive the toxic onslaught, but learn to transmute and transcend the lead into gold? How do we not only survive, but come out stronger, more aligned with the light of the Christ, and more clear in our path together? These are the steps we're learning, and I'm in this with all of you. Before we get to the interview, I have a couple of quotes from my guest's website to help tee this one up. The first one is from President John F. Kennedy, who said, quote, There is a plot in this country to enslave every man, woman, and child. Before I leave this high and noble office, I intend to expose this plot, unquote. This was spoken seven days before his assassination in 1963. And the last one by Edward Burke, who says, quote, all that is necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing, unquote. That's it. We'll get to the interview. It's a good one. Enjoy. My guest today is Elisa E. Elisa is a survivor of MK Ultra programming born in New Jersey in the early 1960s. Her story crosses the MK Ultra trauma-based programming of that era and runs into the technological advancements of the 1990s. As a survivor and support person to other survivors, she chose to update her books in 2022 as a witness to what is occurring globally since late 2019. Her insights remain important due to the eyes to see and ears to hear beyond the narrative and into the esoteric agenda she has lived through. Here is my interview with Elisa E. Okay, I am here with Elisa E., author and MK Ultra expert and survivor, I will say, um, and truther Elisa E. Elisa, welcome to Basecamp for Men. It is great to have you on the show. Tony, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you know, your 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 background is so interesting. Um, I don't get a chance to speak with someone with your background very often. And I have, as my listeners know, you know, I've referenced mind control and MK Ultra really tangentially. Like I don't, I haven't really done a dive into it. Um, but any kind of scoping around the truth and what's actually going on on a macro level, you end up, you know, hearing about, uh, MK ultra and Disney and subliminal messaging and, and all of the dark things that you find when you start looking down those rabbit holes. But I guess I just wanted to start with just 
Give us just a little bit about your background, um, how you became aware of what was going on. Um, and yeah, just a little bit of kind of like your life's journey from when you were growing up. How did you find yourself in the program that you were in? And then how did you kind of get out of it? I know that's a big question to start off with, but maybe we could be, because there's a bunch of things I want to talk to you about and I and I'm really looking forward to it. So I guess just a little bit of your background to start with. Excellent. Yeah, sure. I was born in 1962 in the Northeast, um, and I'm not actually certain whether it started um, in the womb mm. or after I was born. Um, it can it can happen either way. Um, I my first memory uh, retrieved memory, um, and when I say retrieved memory, I'm not talking about being under hypnosis. These are um, organic resurfacing memories once my atmosphere became safe in adulthood or somewhat safe. Um, my first memory is as an infant, preverbal, and I was being um, unable to breathe on several occasions. Uh, my my breathing was being blocked. So this was early for me. Um, and then the memories just continue on through childhood, teen years, and into uh, what I call the heavy use years in my late teens, early 20s, and um, continued into my 50s, um, meaning they were still attempting to access me at that point. Um, and at 46, I met some people, I sought out people, and I met some people who understood that this was real. They were the first people to tell me this was real, real and I wasn't crazy. Mm. Um so, but prior to that, I had memory bleed through apparently throughout my life. Um, but then um, due to the multiple personality disorder, which is created intentionally mm -hmm. in this mind control programs, um, you know, an altar would take over and those, those uh, bleed throughs would be sequestered until much farther down the road. So um, I was involved with uh, various military on various military bases over the years in underground facilities um, where, you know, the MKUltra involved a lot of um, uh, drugs, hypnosis, machinery. Um, it's, it's an esoteric science and there's a very esoteric side to it. As far as I'm concerned, that's very important for people to understand, but it is a science. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I spent most of my life um, under these programs and, inadvertently became a perpetrator for them uh, through the mind control programming. Did, did you, did you get into the programs from your parents? Cause I, I often think of, well, I've seen it two different ways. Like there's a familial lineage. Uh, and obviously if the family is bringing a little kid along into any of these programs, there's obviously deep, trauma or their sociopaths or psychopaths themselves. Um, but more often, I, I think I've seen more where it seemed like it was coming from almost like um, uh, kids that didn't have strong families, like maybe orphanages or child protective services or, or any of these kind of nefarious uh, so-called not-for-profits that work with kids. And really, they're, that's not what they're up to at all. They're working with them, but not in the way you think. Right. But um, so what was your what was your in? Was it from family or was it a different way? Yeah, in? It would, no, it was through family. Mm -hmm. um, but my father was a pedophile. 
Mm-hmm. So he he was working on that early. Um, my my feeling is I never got to ask and get answers, but my feeling is there's Navy on both sides of my family, um, and not super high level. Although on my maternal side, I did have an uncle who was um, uh, working in the Navy and had some some pretty hefty security clearance because of the work he was doing. He wasn't an officer. So, um, but my father, my, my suspicion is this, that oftentimes when someone enters the military, there's psyche vows, right? And I think they can pick where families, um, you know, are extremely dysfunctional and then they'll look to the kids. Um, as far as I'm concerned, the rest of my family and including my dad, my dad was definitely a multiple. Um, but they're, they were all victimized because you can't, you really can't, unless it's a, a full blown, um, SRA family or, um, you know, they're way into pedophilia. Um, if, if it's a so-called normal family, they want to pick somebody from, uh, you're going to have to control the whole family mm-hmm. because somebody's going to notice, you right. know, all the strange things going on. So, so I look at my family as, um, all of them, some level of, of trauma and, and victimization. I believe I was the target in the family, not my brothers. So, um, but there was, you know, there was a lot of dysfunction between all of us. And I do believe that my mother may have been um, a part of this. I have reasons for that and I won't go into details, but meaning she, she may have been um, another version of an MKUltra. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I've, noticed recently and you and i were talking about this just a bit before we started is you know if you wound back the clock say 20 years ago or even 15 years ago and you were talking about ritual sacrifice or satanic ritual abuse or adrenochrome or even pedophilia really it seemed like way it was it was way on the fringes and you kind of chalked it up to just like, well, there's always, you know, a few bad seeds or, you know, however you justified, right. like, you know, like, yeah, sure. Rock and roll music can be kind of dark or, or whatever, like no big deal. Right. Um, that's kind of what you told yourself. But now today it's all over the place. Like once you see it, you can't unsee it for me. Like, I'm like, whoa, I can't believe what I'm seeing these psychopaths are doing. Um, And then when I turn on the TV and I'm watching some sports or something, there's like the other day I saw a commercial for, it was a perfume and there was just blood all over the place. I mean, clearly like satanic imagery, um, very dark. And I was like, oh my God, look at, it's just, it's literally spilling out in popular culture all over the place now. And I'm wondering, like, is it just because I've seen it? So now I can see it more clearly, or are they really, really pushing this, all these images and this kind of subliminal messaging um, at us? Because I didn't notice it as much before it was, it seemed more subtle, or maybe I wasn't quite awake to it, but now it's like, I feel it's jarring and I feel kind of sick to my stomach by witnessing a lot of the imagery that I see, even though some would say, oh, that's not that graphic. Do you, do you know what I mean? Right, right. No, you're, uh, no, you're right that it's, it's, 
on the on the progression side mm-hmm. of of and there there can be uh two ways of looking at it um they're kind of actually similar one kind of participates in helping create the other and those two things are uh conditioning and indoctrination and with indoctrination, really what you're doing is you're presenting the idea and the concepts to people. And you keep doing it over and over and over. And what happens is they kind of build up an immunity to it. Mm-hmm. So there's a, you know, it's not a necessarily a full dissociation, but you've heard the term cognitive dissonance. Yep. Um, and so indoctrination, um, goes back to, uh, what I understand to be called uh, revelation of the method, which was a term coined by, uh, James Shelby Downard. Um, he was, uh, unbelievable story. I mean, he's way before any of our times and he was a target of Freemasonic, uh, mind control. They were after him big time. Um, there's a book called the carnivals of life and death, my profane youth, um, and I mean, it really is the beginning of, of what we're, we're looking at. He was living through it. Mm. So, um, so indoctrination is, uh, kind of just getting people used to the idea because they want to bring all this to the surface. I mean, mm. they want, they don't want this underground anymore. They, the goal was always to make it part of society. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's that indoctrination. And then of course the conditioning, um, to get people to uh, respond to things, certain stimulus, uh, without there really, through learning, without there being any real association. Um, so they can present something and, for example, some of the things you're talking about become desirable. Mm-hmm. Things that would normally be uh, abhorrent will, through conditioning, become desirable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're saying it's a commercial to sell something. There's blood everywhere. Well, how is that desirable? That's some serious conditioning that they've been working out for a long time. Yeah. And and it takes a long time. And, and they've been doing this for a long time. So it is more common, you know, for someone like me, it's, it's always been there. But um, in, in the media, it is definitely, uh, definitely more common. Yeah. You know, you 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 follow uh, uh, Rudolf Steiner. I was really happy to see that you were referencing him. I think he's like such an underrated uh, mystic. Uh, he he was so ahead of his time, um, and you know he he refers to Luciferic and Aramonic influences as counterforces that oppose or sidetrack man's spiritual development, and. It, that really resonates with me. Um, and how are they different? Because I think one one of the things I'm a Christian, and so you can uh, sometimes people just refer to the devil or Satan, and they don't right. necessarily distinguish between you know. And sometimes they 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 it's all together. It's just yep. the evil. Yep. You know, whatever is anti-human must be opposite of God. So that's Satan or the devil or Lucifer, but mystics and uh, gnostics too often will distinguish the energies of 
Lucifer and Satan or Lucifer and the and Aramon. Um and how how are the two different? Like in your experience, like do you experience right. those energies slightly different? Um what 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 is your take on on those? And do they do they reside in us? Is it not an external thing, but it's like an energy that we have to uh work with and sort of uh almost like an alchemist where we it's up to us to sort of transmute whatever is dark in us into something that that is uh you know uh, the Christ impulse or or something that's transcendent towards the light right right yeah no they're very and it was really interesting before I came upon Rudolf Steiner's material mm-hmm. through a friend um I was separating them as mm-hmm. Lucifer and Satan because they were very clearly two different beings mm-hmm. you know these these beings they're not in the physical form that we are but they are full on individuals with personalities capabilities um and intelligence and cleverness far beyond where humanity is at on a mm-hmm. conscious level mm-hmm. far far beyond that um which is why they always seem to be a few steps ahead. Um, so they're very different beings. The Luciferic works on the head and thinking. Um, and, and the way, and, and let me, let me qualify this first, that I'm a novice student of Rudolf Steiner. I, um, I constantly am, am reaching new understandings, but those will always evolve as I go through these studies. I figure I've got several lifetimes with his, his material. He has a lot of work <laughs> to oh study. He's, <laughs> And he was he was the gift, the gift of our time. Yep. And um, it, it, unfortunately, it didn't it didn't go the way he had hoped um, before. They they did poison him, by the way. They took mm. him out. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, the left hand path said he's said enough now. We, we can't have him um, continuing on. So so Lucifer is the thinking in the head. Um, the way I see that, and, and some of this is based on my experience too, Lucifer is all about bringing the past into the present. Mm. So by bringing the past up and having people utilize practices that were at one time uh, appropriate in a certain epoch, they now have lost their their power and their use. But um, And I think of, forgive me, but I think of the New Age movement as classic luciferian yep um because it yep. is always going back and it's not paying attention to what's actually now mm-hmm. you know, where we we incarnate in a in an epic to learn from that time we need to be full-on aware of what our world is in the past where we're headed but also living currently so that's how i see the luciferic um, and it's very seductive. It's shiny, beautiful. The Luciferic is all those things. Yeah. Very, very seductive. Mm-hmm. Um, the Arimonic, I think of as my personal phrases, in your face. Um, it's hard. It's cold. It's weight and measure. It's um, it's tech, um, taking mm-hmm. over tech, bringing, mm-hmm. bringing certain tech. But it's, it's about bringing the future into the present, which means um, we're not ready for to handle what is brought to us through the Arimonic forces. Mm. We haven't developed properly for that. So by bringing the future in, um, its its desire is to mechanize everything, uh, literally to turn the earth into a machine, which they're already in the process with, with all the technologies and satellites and, and so forth. 
um, and to turn us into automatons. It's very nihilistic to the human spirit and soul. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And it works extensively through the will, which has been disengaged in our society, pretty much Um, Mm -hmm. the true will within a person. And it can work extensively through the astral at night, through sleep uh, consciousness. I, I've, I've seen I've seen where there's an association like Lucifer with Venus and Eremon with uh, Saturn. Have you come across anything like that? Like I was always kind of curious yeah. as to why why the two beings were uh, were associated with those planets. Uh, if if that was what they were, if that was what they were in one dimension, was those those exact planets, or it was something? It was always well, something Steiner, kind of yeah. mis- mysterious to me, you know. Yeah, Steiner Steiner gets into that, and I, I don't think I'm qualified to mm-hmm. really do that. But yes, you're correct that they are associated with certain planets, and uh, Saturn was the the first uh, version. Well, I'm not going to try to do that because if I try to do that, we're going to go way off. But yeah, 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 that's okay. You're, you're correct, and he he can get into that for you. He does an incredible cosmology. And I, I think it's very, very important to understand that cosmology because, and, and many of the things he brought to the, to the world, um, because it changes how you, how you are. It changes who you are mm-hmm. by, and I'm not just talking about taking in information. I'm talking about bringing it in and cognitizing it in a way that it becomes a part of your whole being. Mm-hmm. And those things change you. They have changed me. Um, and so, yes, to answer your question, correct. They are associated with, with those planetary spheres. What, what, what ways are we being mind controlled right now? You know, like I, I think there's probably plenty of listeners and plenty of just normal people that would think that there is no such thing for them. Like, you know, they think their own thoughts, right? They're, they're not their their fingers not that much on the pulse of these subliminal uh uh messages or even just impulse or even or even with technology um they don't see they see it as neutral always almost and so there there isn't kind of a uh, any kind of yellow flag certainly not a red flag with this stuff um but you know and then how do you how do you, since you really know what's going on with this, how do you walk the path of, you know, the divine and and your own humanity? How do you keep on the path that that resonates with what's human, what's good, what's uplifting uh, in the midst of everything that we're seeing? Because I, I live in Seattle um, and it almost everybody agrees it does not look good right now. Like it, it's not just the city humanity doesn't look like it's doing very well we're we've got we're homeless we're addicted we're we're we, we've got lots of prostitution we just there's every single you know uh every single blow to the soul is is in full color in the city i live in it's heartbreaking and part of me is just like what how are we going to get through this um with our with some of our innocence intact, with some of our optimism and our and our uh, love intact, without drowning in what they keep 
insisting we swallow. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, remaining human is going to be the challenge mm-hmm. going forward. Um, and well, let me just give you a real quick, uh, uh, under anthroposophy.eu, spiritual science, this is part of their definition. Spiritual science is the modern term for the ancient wisdom about man, the microcosmos and the macrocosmos. It answers the questions on who we are, meaning man know thyself, where we come from, and where we are going. Um, and, and that to me is what everybody needs to find a way to those things. Um, it's my opinion that this is the very reason that spiritual science anthroposophy was brought at the time it was brought. It was brought at the perfect time mm-hmm. because they knew what was coming. Steiner knew. I mean, he, he even talked about the, the V that we've dealt with for the last three years that would be developed to remove the human spirit. Yeah. That was a statement by him. Um, so, so to answer your question, we're all in the thick of it. This isn't, this isn't somebody else's problem anymore. Mm-hmm. Mind control isn't somebody else's problem. Satanic ritual abuse isn't somebody else's problem. The goal, as I stated earlier, is to bring this to the surface, to, to have this walking amongst us to to be in our world not to be in some underground facility somewhere or having to hide in the basement to do their dirty deeds mm-hmm. so this is all about remaining human and how do you remain human what does it mean to be human ask yourself that what is the human spirit what is the human soul what is your relationship to those things what is your relationship to the world around you, to the cosmos? Uh, what is the genuine history? We all know that we've been lied to extensively about what a human history is. Um, and those things are the things we need to go for. You know, I discovered very early on in deep programming, which was when I found people who were able to, after I shared for two days, you know, tell me what, what they knew about all this. And the floodgates opened for me. And it's took me a little while to realize that there are things I can do in the physical material sense to help myself. But I soon realized that the only way I was going to survive and so-called get out uh, was through through spiritual practice to mm-hmm. learn these things, to understand these things, to understand what, you know, for me, what the Christ, the true Christ is. Mm-hmm. Um, and what these adversarial powers are, and they're tremendously out of balance. That is what is going on with them. Um, they become, you know, uh, they become uh, uh, unbalanced forces, and they they can influence and take over that way. the 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 Christ is the middle path. The Lucifer and the Arimonic on, on on opposite sides of that, working from different uh, from different places, from different concepts. But the middle past is the Christ way. So uh, for me, it you know I, I consider myself an esoteric Christian, mm-hmm. uh, meaning I I'm deep deeply involved, was deeply involved in the occult, and now I look to that through Steiner and others in Anthroposophy for those answers mm-hmm. of how. That is my way of of being getting out um, is is through that path. So well, and and also you pointed to something that um, you know that the Luciferic uh, energies 
they're very deceptive. Um, they can make it seem like it's 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 hopeless. Like I don't know if that's if that's aramonic or Luciferian. It's almost maybe it's the other one. Maybe it's it's aramonic, yeah. where it's like we humanity can't um, we can't band together. We we keep getting separated over nonsense issues rather than say hey we have an adversary that's at the doorstep like if this was a war the soldiers are burning the village and and busting down the doors of your houses that's where we're at and people don't realize that that's what's going on or or they realize that there's some there's some terrible conflict perhaps even end days type of a thing but they they feel like well i'm just going to hole up and pray for the best and that's that's all i can do there's nothing else to do because these opposing forces are so strong in their uh execution of their plan you know what i mean like you can get sure, sure. you can get really you can feel pretty helpless if you're going to go down certain rabbit holes and go oh my god i had no idea this went back thousands of years this this right. sacrificing children to some dark entity you know or or that the that the bloodline families ha, you know have pretty much control all the systems that we've lived under and we just think we're free and we're not we really haven't been um it's a bitter pill to swallow um yeah i i started one way but i think it's the other with the way that you framed the two energies well, i think it's probably more aromonic in that it's like uh you know what what in the hell are we going to do about this well and 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 the way i see that tony is that um when i talk about end time programming i don't mean things are going to end here okay no yeah. we got a long way we got thousands of years to go through this mm -hmm. Um, and that is from my perspective uh, through the Steiner material. And so the way I see it is we're going to be forced into these these situations. These, you know, the it has already gotten out of hand. It's a mm -hmm. global issue. So through the technology, through corporations, the um, through military contractors, through some of these huge corporations. I mean, this is this is things are in place okay and yes they will they will progress but i mean these these things are in place there are people like me that have uh those numbers are growing they're not decreasing mm -hmm. okay we wake up but there's more with remote technologies and directed energy weapons we don't even want to go there okay mm -hmm. you don't want to go there um, and I know people personally, I experienced the directed energy weapons as well in deep deprogramming. Mm -hmm. So these things are real. However, we have the choice. That's that's the, you know, I get that people want to go into despair and let somebody else take care of it. And I'll just hold on until, you know, I, I am relieved of this world. Well, that's not going to work. Mm -hmm. um it, it's not the way it is okay there is a uh and that's this material that we're we're talking about um there is always the good side at work too but we have to we have to come to understand these things to be able to engage the way we need to to affect the things that are happening just wishing it away or hiding is it's just going to progress so, so it's about finding a way, your way to develop, if you haven't already, an inner life and to become active in this, to become a participant in, yeah. in, in this, not sitting, you know, armchair warrior. That's it. 
those days are over. Yeah. Everybody has to choose. Um, I, uh, my friend, Alana Freeland, she made the comment, there's no fence anymore, meaning there's nowhere to sit on the fence. Mm-hmm. You're either in or you're out. And there will be different paths for those de- based on our choices. That is the gift of the Christ. The Christ has gifted us that to the ability to move in that, to redeem what, what we've become mm-hmm. uh, as a society, to, to move in that direction. But it takes work. I don't see it as something that, um, that you say something and it's over and it's done and you're good to go. It, it doesn't work that way. To me, that is very much um, the Luciferic as well. Yep. The Luciferic can, doesn't just work in the New Age. It can work in religions um, around the world, and it does work in religions around the world. So anything that tells you you don't have to do anything, beware. Yeah, We all have to do something and and start with yourself. And it's my belief that community will grow as people find their way, because most people really don't know either what to do, who they are, what their place is, and that's where you got to start. Absolutely. And, you know, you touched on that it's work. I think that's one of the things I keep seeing over and over in my conversations is that, you know, there is an element of rolling up your sleeves. It's not just going to be handed to you. Your awakening, your understanding of the truth, uh, your understanding of the Christ impulse, like all of it takes effort and intention and time and you saying this is super important to me to know who I am to know my soul's journey I loved in the book you you talked about initiation I've done a ton of episodes about initiation I'm a huge Joseph Campbell fan um and so for me it's it's a really great way to frame uh kind of what we're all going through but you said in it you said uh Uh, quote, coming to understand the truth of the world and cosmos we live in. In our times, this process is being offered whether ready or not as exposure to aspects of the occulted malevolent side of this is occurring on a worldwide basis. I love how you pointed that out in there that, you know, uh, this is all acting. It, It sounds funny, like how is this benefiting us? But it's, it's an initiation into something that's going to be brand new uh if we can bring ourselves to it like the more that we every initiation i shied away from or put the brakes on it just delayed the inevitable that i was heading towards the initiation right, right. like and it was immensely painful like i quit drinking 10 years ago i tell people that was a big initiation for me but god i was kicking or screaming going towards sure. that initiation and suffering massively health wise marriage wise like it wasn't pretty and that's i could say that for every single initiation i've had that i didn't want to do it i didn't want to see it i didn't want to admit it i didn't want to be in the truth and then once I got over, once I gave myself over to the the higher, you know, true good and beautiful forces that were pulling for me to come through it into the next phase of my hero's journey, 
then all these different things open up. And I feel like humanity right now, we're kind of like me before I quit drinking. I feel like we're like, don't show me, you know, adrenochrome. Don't show me, right. you know, don't show me how they're normalizing pedophilia. Cause I, I don't know what I think about that. Like just all these absurd things people are saying, which I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You know exactly how you feel about that. Like, stop pretending like you don't know what the hell's happening. And, and I, so I see this kind of, uh, you know, we're going towards the initiation, like you had pointed in the book and, and in the conversation here. Um, and I, there's a big bunch of us that are going kicking and screaming. And I think for you and I, like, can we do it? Can we lean into the initiation with love and divinity and Christ impulse and just like pulling for each other and stop dividing? And, you know, um, that's my heart's desire. I just wanted to give you a chance to touch on like kind of yeah. in, initiation and, and what it means for us. Well, well, and and I'll first refer to uh, my understanding with Rudolf Steiner is that this is we've moved into uh a few hundred years ago, we moved into what's called the consciousness soul. Um, and what that means is it's time to face, it means several things, but it's time to face truth and it's time to face evil. Mm. So we're each going to have to face this. Um, it's it's not going to go away. It's it's not, you're not going to bypass it. There's no way but through it. And this might sound really, really strange, but I believe on some level I came into this world to go through the darkest of initiations so that I could find my way to this, that this was part of the path that I, I needed to do. And it's really quite a, a, a metaphor for like you're talking about um, what we, what it takes to wake us up, what it takes to get us to uh, find the true path, to find the truth, to, to become a part of, of, you know, what is truly intended for us instead of us, um, you know, sliding down the hill um, as, a, and I mean that as a whole, and I'm just going to read um, something from my lexicon in my book, uh, the Christ impulse, um, how I defined it in there through um, this came from a Rudolf Steiner lecture, uh, the Christ impulse and the development of the ego consciousness. And that ego consciousness he's talking about is not the ego consciousness that people think of. Um, it's quite different and quite magnificent, actually. Um, and this is what it says. Uh, Rudolf Stein, I think this was someone posting this about him. Rudolf Steiner's teaching of Christ, and in particular, what he refers to as the Christ impulse, are unique. Christ, he says, is an objective universal force existing independently of Christian churches and confessions and working for the whole of humanity. The impulse that Christ brought to earth acts for the advancement of all people, irrespective of religion, creed, or race. Christ will influence the future development of the earth and humanity. Christ will reappear, but in a higher reality than the physical one, in a reality which we will only see if we have first acquired a sense and understanding of spiritual life. Mm. Uh, so it's, it's you can see there's a difference between um, some of the religious teachings of this and what the esoteric occulted version. And of course, this isn't really esoteric anymore because once he brought it all forward, it became exoteric uh, right. information. Um, but so so finding our way to that so that we can engage that 
And the more we do, the more the higher beings, um, people refer to them as angels, archangels, archai, all these beings need us to do what's right, to help empower what they can do. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to necessarily fix it all for us. That's the illusion. Um, we can engage with them, but as we, we've already discussed, it takes work. It takes, um, well, here's the, you know, again, the, the term for uh, spiritual science is it's the answers to who we are, where we come from, and where we're going. We need to know those things. Uh, those are the things that the elite cabal network, global, whatever you want to call it, those mm-hmm. are the things they've hidden from us. And there's a reason they've hidden that information. There's a reason why Rudolf Steiner came forward with it and why they took him out, because they don't want us to know that. And what they've done with conditioning and indoctrination is they've re- removed the ability for people to critically think and ask questions. Uh, we've seen that in the last few years tremendously. And nope. when someone holds all this at bay, you are interfering with your own personal evolution, moving towards that Christ impulse. And you're actually inadvertently, not intentionally, but inadvertently, even in good intentions and goodwill, are assisting the adversarial spirits. Mm. So that's the part that's very uncomfortable for people to understand. It, it's uncomfortable for any of us to realize that what we choose, where we put our energy, what our actions are, again, no more fence. Which side are you on? Well, I like what you said, too, about, you know, it's common you can hear people say, you know, humanity's counting on us or future generations are counting on us. But the way that you frame that, we're actually higher beings that um, we're in alignment with are counting on us to respond to these impulses, the Christ impulse. And this this awakening impulse to say, hey, we have to all go through this together. There is no bypass. You know, like I I like what you said that the New Age community um, has luciferic sort of tendencies. I I can totally see that having been in the New Age bookstore, you know, half of my life, you know, um, because I was so attracted to so many of the different kinds of thought systems as, as, and Rudolf Steiner was in there as well. But um, you know, that was that, so, but that was when he just to yeah, clarify, yeah, that was when he was involved. He came through theosophy, he did, they, yep. they kicked him out, they did because they kicked him out because he started speaking of Christ mm-hmm. and they didn't want anything to do with it in theosophy, yeah. So all they wanted to deal with was the masters, the nine. And so just so people know, because I've had friends that said, Oh, yeah, I read, you know, I read Steiner, and they're total new agers, yeah. Um, and I want to be really clear that he had, basically, he had the Christ experience, and it changed everything. And anthroposophy means human wisdom. Um, so, so, but they didn't want him anymore. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. And, and, that, and- that grew. And it's not just a leanings to Lucifer. It is, in my opinion, completely run by the Luciferic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I there's- wasn't that strong about it. There's something that I was going to touch on with it, which is that uh, uh, there's this kind of notion of spiritual bypassing a lot of things. Like there, there's not you don't you're not going to find the things that we're talking about in right. those thought systems, really, because they're like, well, just we're just going to ascend to five D. We're going to leave all this 
all this homelessness and all the all the right. muck of all the shadow right. material that you didn't want to deal with. You're just not going to have to deal with it ever. Uh, you're going to go into this great like heavenly realm uh, with all the harps and stuff. Like you know, you just need to think right. the right. You need to think the right thoughts and feel the right feelings, and your your reality is going to be totally what you. It's, it's going to be you. Yeah, it's you and all your friends. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and a lot of the religions are an escape too. There's no work that needs to be done. It's simply you just wait until everything changes. Yeah, and it's all good. Yeah. So it that is to me that is the luciferic mm-hmm. at work. Um, it it again just holding it in the past, not allowing people to really move into what is now and where we're actually going. Mm-hmm. And what's actually happening today. And it's our responsibility. It's our responsibility. It's our responsibility. It's not someone else's. It's each of ours responsibility to do what we can. And we're not out, you know, individually, we're not going to save the world. It's not about that. It's about you showing up. It's just mm-hmm. about you showing up. You know, um, I don't always want to do uh radio or you know i i sometimes i just want to you know go off into nature and enjoy that and i can have both things but i have to there has to be some level of discipline for yourself where you're engaged you need yep. to be engaged we all need to be engaged yeah Absolutely. Well, Elisa, thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure to connect with you uh, both before this interview and and during. You're just such a great guest. I just love the way that you frame things. I think, you know, you're really wise and you've you've got a really unique uh, perspective, but you're speaking right to the heart of the matter, which is what we try to bring here on Basecamp. So thank you so much for coming. Where can people find your book? Your book is Our Life Beyond MK Ultra Then and Now. Where can people get your book? And um, is there anything else you want to say in terms of maybe people finding your work or or however however else you want to finish the show? Yeah. Sure. Uh, the book, I, I would ask that um, there's an independent publisher that that picked up my first two books and I wrote this one for them, which is a combination of the first two mm-hmm. versions of the book and with tremendous updates and color collages. Um, this can be found at logosophiabooks.com. Um, like I said, they're in North Carolina. They're independent. They make money off of it if you order from them. And I make a little more money off of it. It can be found at like Barnes and Noble, Amazon um, as well, but we don't make much off of, of those sales. Um, and I just want to say, this is not in the least a hopeless situation. Mm-hmm. Not at all. I have tremendous faith. I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. And that is the beauty of facing it. That is the beauty of going through it. There will come an empowerment once you pass through your fear and whatever you have to go through, we all have to go through it. But this is not in the least hopeless. Um, so don't don't give up. You're not alone. Uh, this is this is this is what we all were born in this time to do, yeah. in my opinion. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Please come back again and talk to us as this unfolds. Um, You're just a great guest. I just really appreciate your time. Well, thank you, Tony. And I appreciate your work for bringing this stuff forward.
Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. I really appreciate Elisa's insights and her courage to come on to Basecamp to share her life experience. In fact, when we were done recording, I immediately had a slew of new questions for her. So her and I are talking this week one-on-one without recording just to get my questions answered. And hopefully we'll find a way to do part two of this sometime soon. Her book is Our Life Beyond MK Ultra, and you can find it on independent bookseller Logo Sophia Books. This is a great opportunity to give your dollars to an independent business and not to Amazon, and they are at logosophiabooks.com, and the great Rudolf Steiner, a true visionary and mystic, he's one of our best and a prolific writer. One can spend a whole lifetime studying Rudolf Steiner and still only scratch the surface, it seems. Essential. You can find or you can Google him at Anthroposophy, Rudolf Steiner, and that will give you a whole bunch of reading material to sift through. That's it for this week. Thank you, Base Campers, and we'll see you around the fire next week. If you find value in our show and wish to show us some love, we are now making that very easy to do. You simply go to www.basecampformen.com and click on Donate Support Basecamp. You'll find an easy way to make either monthly donations for as little as $5 a month, or you can donate just once. We love the monthly donation and hope to build this up over the coming months, but any show of support is greatly appreciated, honestly. Thank you for your support and for helping to keep Basecamp as a resource on your hero's journey. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Men, good luck in all your endeavors and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac, and you're listening to Base Camp for Men.